Welcome to the Purpose City Church Podcast, where we're dedicated to guiding you on a journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're thrilled to have you here, and regardless of where you're tuning in from, we have faith that this message will be a direct source of inspiration in your life. My name is Chrissy or Crystal. Um, I am one of the leaders here to, uh, in Purpose City Church, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for God. I'm so grateful for our pastors. Can you give it up for Pastor Ty and Talent? I have been dodging Pastor Talent for some time to do this. <laughs> he asked me, he said, don't worry, you can bag out just in case. I said, I'm going to need that, that spade card just in case. But, you know, God had another purpose, so I said, yes, my God today. But, you know, it's funny how the enemy will come in to try to disqualify you for that what God has placed on your life. And that's something that I want to touch on today because I always said I wasn't going to preach. I'm, I'm, I'm called to outside the four walls of the church. I'm called to children, to law, to communities. But God said, you know what? There is something that I need you to share. And I ain't going to lie, y'all. I was a little nervous about today. I'm like, they don't want to hear this, Lord. I'm like, my God, why would you have me to say this? But, you know, I believe that he is going to touch. I believe that if you place a demand, that God would meet your need here today. So today I am going to be uh, telling my story. You know, your first message is always your testimony, okay? So my testimony, um, I pray. I want every young person, every single person, every married person. I know our series is Relationship Status. Who's been enjoying this series throughout the month of February? Pastor Talent has really plowed the ground. I was a little nervous. I'm like, he's going to say everything I'm going to say. My God. That's, but it's all right. It's all right. But um, so I'm going to hear today just to tell my story. So many of you may not know, I was married in August of last year. Tomorrow will be our six-month anniversary. Yes, to my husband, Christian, I am so grateful, so grateful for him. Um, I want to honor him, honor my father and my mother and my family who's here today. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. You know, I grew up in the old school Pentecostal church, so you got to first to give honor to God, to apostle, to pastors, and to everybody, the deacon board and all that stuff. So I honor you guys. Thank you guys for coming. But um, why I, I struggle with sharing this part of my story, because I'm like, God, who can relate? A lot of times in uh, church these days, we don't hear a lot about this anymore. I was raised up in this and... But now I'm like, God, you know, who's talking about it? Do they really want to hear it? Is it going to be received? But today I'm going to be sharing um, how I was commissioned to purity at the age of 12. So that's why I want our young people to really uh, zero in, our single people. So today the, the title of my message is called A Virgin's Tale. A Virgin's Tale. So I know that's like a taboo term. Y'all stick with me. Stick with me. I promise you. I promise you. So a virgin's tale. So at the age of 12, you know, I was in church. My dad is a pastor. My brother is a pastor. I honor him who's here, Pastor Tim. I love him dearly. Um, I, I was, you know, God had, uh, we grew up in prophecy. We grew up in preaching and teaching and stuff. And our spiritual father at the time had called me up. So I'm like 12 years old. I'm like, and I used to sleep in church. I ain't gonna lie. I had a seat that I loved every Sunday. I was like, and Tuesdays. Bible study was too long for my nerves. So I would sit in this seat, take my nap. But this, son, this particular service, our spiritual father had called me up. And he began to prophesy things about my future, prophesy things that God would have me to do and to say when I grow up and all this stuff. And at the end of the prophecy, he said, and God said, if you commit your life to stay pure, that you would have everything you ask. And I didn't understand it at the age of 12. I was like, commit my life? Yeah, 
can stay pure. Okay, cool. I'll be pure. I could be pure. But little did I know the struggle that that was going to take. God, I walked through high school. I didn't date in high school. I didn't even go to prom. I know, it's a little shocking. I didn't go to prom. I didn't have a boyfriend. In my house, my parents said that, you know, you, uh, you can't date till after college. Now, my brothers, some of them listened. <laughs> some of them listened. Some of them didn't, you know. So, but I was the one I said, okay, God, I can't date till after college. But I tried. I was in high school. I was trying to even date the ugly boys. I was like, you know, you can holler at me. Holler at me. Come on, get me. But God would not allow it. Literally, I would be having people set me up with him. He ain't that cute. He might need a girl and all that. God shut it down every time. Not only that, it didn't help that I had a reputation. My brothers were there. My dad was well-known in the community. So everybody knew Crystal was the preacher's girl. They called me preacher lady in high school. So if you came to my house, you was going to go to Bible study. You was going to go to church. You was going to be in service. You was going to sit on the front row and all that. So everybody come hang out with me. But the caveat was you had to go to church. So that was my life. That was my story. But I just want to admonish right now to parents that virginity is possible. A lot of times in this, this society, in this day and age, parents are like, oh, should I let them date? And should I, you know, let them go hang out with these friends, do this, do that? And the enemy kind of seeps in. He tries to trap children at a very young age. I teach. And the kids in my class now, they have feelings, and they be talking about it. Y'all should hear some of these conversations. But what the enemy try to do is sneak in and plant seeds. The Bible says, don't awaken love before it's time, right? So he tries to awaken it through TV shows, through music and stuff. But you have to know your child. You have to know what's inside them. You have to know their destiny, their purpose, what their sensitivity are. Some kids may be able to date. I don't think I was able to date. I really don't. I don't think if my parents would allow me, I think that my, my spirit was so sensitive at a young age that the enemy would have came in and wreaked havoc. Heartbreak would have took me out. But if your child can do it, you know, cool, follow the Holy Spirit. But also I wanted to encourage the youth. I want to encourage the youth in this moment too. That, you know, you might be tempted. You might have people saying, try this, date here. You need a man. You need this to complete you. Not necessarily so. It is possible. We don't hear a lot of people say it's possible to date and to stay a virgin until you get married. I am a living witness that it is possible. God is able to keep your purity, keep you uh, uh, hidden. We'll talk about that. You keep you hidden and separated for such a time. So, parents, I just want to admonish you it's possible. If you're feeling guilty, if you're feeling like, oh, maybe I'm too strict, really follow the Holy Spirit call. Amen. All right. So I am going to talk a couple things, and we're going to talk about some terms and stuff that we hear. Um, it might be different. You might have heard it before, but just stick with me. So a virgin's tale. So Christian sexuality is God's economy, right? I'm going to say something. It might sound a little weird. Physical virginity is not the ultimate goal probably never heard that. Oh, hey, y'all. Oh, I didn't see this. <laughs> Physical virginity is not the ultimate goal. Instead, it should be to build a Christ-like character that seeks sexual wholeness and celebrates deep, fulfilling intimacy. An intimacy appropriate to each type of relationship or season of your life. So what does that mean? That means if you are single, you should have intimacy with God and others in your community. If you're married, you should have intimacy with God and your spouse, right? So intimacy is the goal. No matter what relationship status that you're in, you want to remain in intimate with God and with man. So an intimacy appropriate to each type of relationship. 
So God's economy, Christian sexuality, is not about intimacy. It's about intimacy, not virginity. This does not mean purity and virginity isn't important. This is not a ticket to go out and sin and do what you want, but it's a fresh perspective on a timeless value. If we focus on intimacy, physical virginity is the byproduct. So a lot of people, when I was out dating, they'd be like, how did you do it? They called me a unicorn. I would date guys, and honestly, it was a big deterrent for some. I'd be like, hey, first date, this was me. Hi, my name is Crystal. You know, I would have the questions, do you love Jesus? No, I wouldn't even say that no more. I would ask, I'd be like, what do you think Jesus, who do you think Jesus is? And I would try to get a sense. Some of them be like, oh, man, I grew up in a church. I was a Baptist. My, my daddy was a deacon. They did all this. But I would ask them those questions just to see where their spiritual walk, right? But, oh, I lost my spot. Sorry, y'all. When we lose sight of that, when we, uh, when we are so focused on just the physical aspect of virginity, we lose that we should be intimate with God, right? So Hebrew word for virgin is, I must try to say this, Bethlua. It comes from root words meaning to separate or to hide. To separate or hide something was to set it apart as special, unique, valuable, intentionally saved for a particular purpose. So I was separated and hidden for a purpose. At 12 years old, I made a vow to God. I was commissioned to a life of purity, and I didn't fully understand it, but God needed me that way. The thing that he has placed inside of me needed to be untainted. I work with children. I work in the community. I work with families. God needed a sensitivity. He needed my heart to remain sensitive and unbroken. Does that make sense? A lot of times we get into relationships, and that's the enemy's door to break our hearts, to sever our souls, to have us thinking and uh, feeling different things that we can't hear God's voice and follow him and our purpose on our lives. So God had to hide me. He had to separate me. To separate or hide was that he called me special and unique and valuable. So, But I want to encourage somebody right here. Some people might be listening to my story like, okay, yeah, that's beautiful, honey. <laughs> you were a virgin. That's praise God. You know, I, I was this. I did that. But there's no condemnation, amen? There's no condemnation. This may not be your testimony, but that does not mean you can't make a similar vow now and dedicate your body, dedicate your life and your singleness back to God. Looking at the meaning of the word virginity, we see that it isn't just the physical status. Yeah, we're commissioned to stay holy and separated and save marital acts from marital acts, but it's not all it's about. See, God had to really deal with me in this area. When I was dating, and I'm 36, I'll be 37 this year. Uh, when I was dating and stuff, I was using my virginity almost like an idol. I was like, you know what? I can't date you. I'm sorry. I'm a virgin. I'm pure. I'm holy. But little did I know, I wasn't working on the other stuff that he needed me to work on. The intimacy with God, the intimacy with man. And I'm going to be translucent. I'm not going to be transparent because that's too much honesty. I'm just joking. Translucent, you can kind of see. You can get a gist of what you're talking about, but you don't see all of it, right? So I don't call myself a transparent person. I say that I'm translucent, okay? So I'm going to give you a little translucence today. So when I got married, I didn't understand the intimacy piece. Amen. I was like, okay, I'm single. I've been doing, I've been in my bag and I got all my degrees and stuff. My husband is there. I love my husband. He is very in touch with his emotions, right? I'm in touch with mine, but I don't articulate them. I don't bring them to the table and say, here they are. Let's talk about it. Let's be together. Let's, let's be intimate and have, you know, conversation. I don't do all that. I don't do all that. I, I stay with me, myself, and I and God. You know, so I had the God piece, but I didn't work on the intimacy with man. So 
I'm just saying that to say sometimes when we're in our single season, yeah, we're focused on the physical status or not the physical status, but God really wants us to focus on the intimacy because when you get married, you have to know how to be intimate. You have, married people will tell you, I mean, it is, it, who y'all, the first two months, I was like, Lord, you always around? I love you, but what? I got to talk every morning, every night, all day. Marriage was wearing me thin. I was, I'm tired. And I love them, but I was just, and I'm an introvert. Many people will see me and be like, oh, she's extroverted. I'm like, no, I'm not. I recharge by myself, praise God. In our early counseling sessions and when I got married, I was like, he talks after work. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I, you know, and, and he'll be looking at me like, who doesn't talk? I get in the car. He's like, how was your day? I'm like, I just lived it. I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to talk about it. It will be in the morning. Good morning. I'm like, I haven't had coffee. <laughs> and you want to say good morning. I don't do all that. He wanted to be intimate. He wanted to have familiarity with me. He was like, I don't know what she's thinking. I'm like, I'm thinking. Just don't worry about it. If I have something important, I'll bring it to you, you know. And I was so focused on the physical status. I was so focused on keeping my purity, keeping it as an idol, that I did not work on that intimacy piece. So God, in his mercy, allowed me to get married without that. And God, in his mercy, sent him in a season that I needed him and sent him with things I didn't know I needed. Because, I mean, I was pretty haughty. I ain't going to lie, y'all. Pride is a stronghold that runs in my family. Praise God. You got to know what comes after you. You got to know what comes after you. Love my parents, but one of them had pride. <laughs> I don't know which one had pride, but one of them had it real bad. So, people, <laughs> I was prideful. And it was so funny, y'all. Even our story. Our story is really divine. And when God said, I can have whatever I desire, and we're going to talk about the favor that comes with purity and the favor, God sent me somebody I didn't even know I really needed. I had a list, and I had all this stuff. I didn't even really find him. He didn't really find me. Well, he found me because that's biblical. But our friends, we have pretty much an arranged marriage. Our friends arranged us. I'm so serious. We were supposed to meet like four or three years ago now. And every time we were supposed to go, he didn't come because he was hard-headed. He was doing his own thing. I'm just joking. He was doing his own thing or I didn't go. But God, in his mercy, he aligned us. And I didn't get that intimacy piece, but now he threw it in the beginning of our marriage. Now I'm having to play catch-up. So I'm just trying to help the singles now. While you're waiting, young people, while you're studying in school, understanding your purpose, understanding what you're called to, build that intimacy. We're going to talk about how to build that intimacy. So... We talked about the Hebrew word, for, Hebrew word for virgin, and it means to separate and to hide. So now what? There's still time. Even if you lived a single season, if you're single, single people, raise your hand. This is your chance to be found. Praise God. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Y'all hate that. I used to go to conferences like, where he at? <laughs> yeah, I would be clean. Y'all hate that. I'm like, I ain't going to that church. They ain't got a big singles department. <laughs> Y'all, hey, I know y'all looking. It's all right, though. It's okay to look. It's okay to look. But I don't want you to be condemned. I don't want you to listen to the rest of this message and be like, God, that's not for me. I don't want you to count yourself out for the blessings that God has called for your life. Young people, even if you've done things your parents don't know, even if you thought things and tasted things or tried things that they don't know, there's still time. There's still time to dedicate your walk. Engage people. There's still time. It's still time to, uh, to do that. So I'm going to be using a term called soul virgin. Soul virgin. Okay. 
So I read a book some years ago when I was dating and, and counseling about, um, so this is where that term comes from. I didn't make it up. But soul virgin is one who continuously seeks to value, celebrate, and protect God's design for sexuality, body, soul, and spirit, and oneself and others. So sexuality for what we're going to say today is what we experience relationally in our day-to-day -day interactions with others, okay? So our, our sexuality or this propels each of us to desire genuine relational connection with God, others, and a potential mate. So regardless of your relationship status, regardless of your worldly identification with virgin or not, if you are unwed, young, or old, you can adopt this idea as a soul virgin. Physical virginity, again, is not the ultimate goal. Romans 8 and 1, Amplified. I like the Amplify. Who likes the Amplify? Yeah, you know, I know Pastor Ty loves KGAV, right? And Apostle, I almost said Apostle Talent. Pastor Talent loves Apostle. I know y'all hate that. Ooh, that's all on that. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but I like the Amplify. Um, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have been passed away. Behold, new things have come. Spiritual awakenings brings new life. So what happens is the enemy will try to come in and get us to do things, right, at an early age. We talked about how he tries to tra trap children. Then we live our life, we walk out our purpose and go throughout this journey with Christ, disqualifying ourselves for the blessings of God. There's the thing called like the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit like God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't hear me. But it's because we, we walk with so much shame and condemnation of what we've done in our past that we miss out on all the gifts that God has for us. It's like he's a good father, right? He forgives. If you're a child, if you're a parent in the room and they do something, you're not going to hate them and dispel them because they made a mistake or spilled milk on the floor. No, you're going to love them. You might be mad like, oh, I got a mop. But later on, you're still going to feed them. You're still going to comfort them. You're still going to house them. You're still going to supply their needs. That's how God is. Amen. So if you are living in your story, it may not be my, like mine, but I want you to know that uh, you are reborn. You are renewed. Previous moral conditions has passed away. So for the rest of this message, see yourself as God sees you. So God created our sexuality with profound purpose and potential for creating intimacy both naturally and spiritually. That's what it means. Sexuality is for intimacy. Going to look at a very familiar passage now. Okay, so we're going to look at the story of Mary. Um, you can, oh, I didn't give y'all time to turn, but y'all got phones. Go quicker. Luke 1, 26 through 35, 34 in the Amplified. Now, I'm going to read and I'm going to pause. I'm going to read. I'm a teacher, so I'm going to read, pause, read, pause. Now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, the angel said, greetings, favorite one. The Lord is with you. So we're going to pause there. Mary was a virgin. Everybody know Virgin Mary, right? Praise God, y'all all in church. We all went to Sunday school. I didn't. Fun fact. I would skip Sunday school. This is random. But my dad would be like, you at church? I'd be at McDonald's or Dunkin'. Get me something to drink or some snack. 
I hated Sunday school. That's why I was like, Lord, you want me to preach? I didn't even go to Sunday school. But Mary was a virgin, separated and hidden for a purpose. She had the greatest purpose of them all, to bear and to bring Jesus to the world. So as a soul virgin, it's important to understand what you carry. Mary was carrying the Son of Man, but what are you carrying? What gifts have God placed inside of you that you have to guard, that you have to nurture, that you have to protect? It's so, so hard to walk through a single hood or a single journey and not understanding the gifts that you protect. Because when the enemy is sending all those distractions, those relationships that will get you off course, he's coming after the thing that God has placed inside of you. He's not just trying to get you to waste some money and waste some time on somebody who doesn't matter. He wants your purpose. He wants to take you out. He wants the thing when you go stand before the Father and you see everything that you missed. He wants you to say, well, you could have had that, but you made the wrong decision. You could have been that. You could have changed the world. You could have went to Congress. You could have been a president. You could have been a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, but you forfeited that. The enemy knows what's inside it, but do we know? So it says, but I love how the angel greeted her. He greeted her as favored one. I believe God is talking to his sons and daughters today who have made the vow, you might be making the vow today, so it's all good, made the vow to dedicate your life and your singlehood to walk in purity. He's called us favored ones, and he's saying today he is with you, just like he told Mary. You are favored. So let's continue reading. Uh, I don't know what verse this is, but it says, but she was greatly perplexed at what he said and kept carefully considering what kind of greeting this was. How many of us are perplexed by the requirements or what, how God sees us? I'm not going to lie. I was highly perplexed by the requirement to walk holy. I was in high school. I was in college. I went to law school trying today. And I'm not going to sit here and act like it was easy. I was in my 30s, my 20s. All my brothers got married at a very, uh, not very young age, but in their 20s. And I was the one still hoping and waiting. I hated singles conferences. Y'all can be honest. Who hates singles conferences? I, I was like, you go to a church conference, they like, singles come over here. I'm like, it's going to be another message. Wait on the Lord. Believe and he shall come. Your good thing is coming. All that. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, where he at? Y'all lying to us, just trying to get it. Because you know singles fill up the church, but that's another topic. I'm just, <laughs> let me stop. But I hated hearing all that stuff. I, hate, I was perplexed. I was like, God, why would you make me have to live this way? Why won't you allow me to date? Why won't you have me to be accepted? Why are you got me 35 plus and you know my biological clock ticking and I ain't married? Going to the doctor, now you've entered geriatric stage. What the what? Geriatric, Lord. I was like, let me go to the gym. And the enemy played with that. You ain't going to have no man. You're not going to get married. Your brothers is married. I think I fought with all my sister-in-laws because I was like, these don't help us getting married and I ain't getting married. And, and I loved them up to the wedding. I'm like, I'm sitting here in another wedding and I ain't got nobody to dance with. I was perplexed. Mary was perplexed. What kind of greeting was this? Favorite? I'm supposed to do what? I don't want the enemy to steal and come out and sift. The Bible says he tries to sift us as we. I don't want the enemy to, to try to trick you. You're like, you know what? It's not coming. Don't believe. But God says you are favored. Okay? Um, let's see. 
The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen carefully. You will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and eminent and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, Israel, forever. And of his kingdom, there should be no end. Mary said to the angel, how will this be? She looking at him like, come on, that's like me. How am I? You know, you know I'm 35 years old. I ain't got no man yet. How will this be? Since I am a virgin and have no intimacy with any man. First, Mary was afraid. How many times do we get afraid in our singlehood and in our waiting? Or even if you're married, how many times do you get afraid? Like, God, will my marriage change? God, will these circumstances shift? God, what's happening? Scared we'll be alone forever. Scared we aren't worthy to carry what God placed inside us. So we forfeit or settle on relationships or things that come to taint what God has placed inside of us. I believe God is saying today, fear not, my promises stand. I had to walk, now I'm going to tell y'all. I lived in Chicago, okay? So I'm 36 now. I got married at 36 August last year, blah, blah, blah. So I dated uh, my whole life. This is no trick. I think I had four or five boyfriends, okay? Now, they didn't last long, so don't get excited. About my whole life, four my husband, I think you know some of these. You might learn something new. Stay with me. <laughs> four or five boyfriends, okay? And of every time, y'all, I would, I would meet somebody, and I'd be like, God, this is the one. I, this, this is the one I feel it. I feel it. This is, he's it. He's it. It's happening. Man, one guy, I, may, I, I didn't marry him. I dated. And he, uh, let me see which one should I share. Tim looking at me. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Okay. Oh, Lord. We got nicknames for all of them. <laughs> so I, 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 oh, I don't know if I should do can't get right, Tim. Uh, I, I, would, I, I, I was scared, right? So I began to settle. And, okay, I'll give you can't get right. So I talked to this guy. We're going to call him can't get right, okay? And it's funny because all the while I knew I was settling. I saw red flag after red flag. And, got, and that thing inside me, that thing I was carrying was like something's not right. Something is not right. You about to mess up. And we, we were talking. We were dating. And he was a prophet, Okay. He was a prophet, so he would, we'll be on the phone praying. He'll be giving word of the Lord, y'all. And if you grew up like me, a Christian girl, you'd be like, ooh, I got a prophet. <laughs> I, I'm going to all the conferences with my prophet. Come on, somebody. Oh, he was fussing the Lord and all this. But I was listening. One day I was on the phone, and, you know, I, this is another thing. When I dated people, I brought them to my family. A lot of people would say I did stuff too fast, but every person I dated, I did submit them to my family. We would go out. Like, the first date would be a family date. It was weird, I know, but at first, you know what they to them? It was a family day. So one day we was in the kitchen, and he had got done giving the word of the Lord for my family. I was like, ooh, he is anointed. And something said, I said, Daddy, I said it. Oh, I don't know, y'all. <laughs> I said I said, it's something different about him. I said, his S's sound sharp. And I was like, the way he says certain things, I'd just be like, hmm. And I was like, ah, just say, he's like, no, no, he's just, you know, he's, he is cool. I was like, okay, Daddy, okay, cool. One day we went on a road trip. Now, you all know I should have been on a road trip. I should not have been on a road trip with this man. I was going to visit my, one of my best friends. Her husband is in the military. So we was going to visit them. And I was in the car, and I just kept hearing God's voice, something's not right. So, and I was getting angry at him. I was like, you breathing too hard. Why are you breathing so hard? 
And it was just me. God was that thing inside, that purpose and destiny, the greatness inside of me was like, you're about to mess up. Because I had planned our wedding, y'all. I was like, I'm marrying a prophet. <laughs> I'm per- pure. He's a prophet. And then I heard God's voice so clearly. And he showed me something about this person. And I was just like, man. And I, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it. So I'm driving and I'm driving. And I stopped the car. I said, are you this? And I asked him. He looked at me like he saw a ghost. He said, I've been meaning to tell you. I said, I be dog. I be dog. The man of God did not really want women. And I said, oh, my gosh. And I was like, Lord, I'm almost messed. But God, the enemy was blinding me with all the stuff that I love. I was like, and I've had prophecy. I was going to marry a man of God, and he was going to preach and teach and cast out death. I'm like, this is it, God. He was an Ishmael. He was an Ishmael, and I said, I stopped the car, and I said, Lord, help me, Jesus. I didn't know what to do, so I, I, stopped, I called my friend. I told they saved. My friends are saved, and she said, bring them to us. <laughs> and her husband's in the military. He's an officer. So we get to their house. He had his whole uniform on, y'all. I was like, bro, what you doing? Calm down. He said, I'm going to drive him to the state line. And we were in Kentucky. He said, I'm going to take him to the Illinois line and drop him off. I said, oh, you can't do that. I said, I dated this man for what, all of one month. I don't know. We was about to get married, though. And y'all hate that. I moved quick. But God is so merciful. In my fear, sometimes we can get so afraid that we will tie ourselves up in situations. But I was still sensitive to his voice. I love God. Do you love God? What's wrong with you? I love God. I had a prayer walk. I could hear his voice, but I was almost about to mess up. I was almost about to allow fear to have me settle. Fear and brokenness can come to convince us out of what God says. We begin to do things and walk with people that don't line up. You might be dating somebody. Now, you know he done had red flags since the first time y'all said hello. But is it worth it? Is it worth it? High schoolers, young people, is it worth it? He can't buy a meal. He don't have a car. He can't take you nowhere. Y'all getting a ride. You don't even know what you're going to study. You don't know how you're going to, to take care of yourself. Is it worth it? The angel then gave Mary a glimpse of the, the gift that she was carrying. I am praying today that God visits each and every person in their single season, in their season of purity in Virginia. I pray that he gives you a fresh revelation of what you're carrying. That you will begin to partner with God and stand in agreement with what he says about you. Because God is saying something about you. A lot of times I talk to young people, they don't know what God is saying about you. You have to ask them. He literally will answer you. Or you have to get around people that can speak and see the greatness inside of you and say something about it. So those who are set apart, separating, hitting, if you are in your single season, today we are all committing to purity. So you are separated, you are hitting, you are favored. This is the word favor, the definition. Favor means endowed with special advantages or gifts. And there are certain synonyms that we have for favor. Favored means you are loved. Favored means you are God's favor. You are adored. You are cherished. You are precious. You are sweet. You are dear. You beloved. You are special. You are treasure. That's what God is speaking over you. That's what the angel said to Mary. He said, you are favored. 
her purity, her separation, her hidden. He said, you're favored. That's what God is saying to those in their seat. You're favored. So I want you to get a synonym. I want you to speak it over yourself. This is what God thinks of you. Mary was confused. She was like, how can I conceive if I've had no intimacy with any man? But remember, I said, physical virginity is not the ultimate goal. The text goes on to say that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. She's a virgin, but she would in fact have intimacy. Intimacy is the state of being intimate, familiarity, marked by very close association, contact, or familiarity. I shared that when I got married, I didn't understand intimacy. I didn't understand the close association or the contact or the familiarity that somebody needed to have with me. That boggled my mind. I was like, why do you need to know all my thoughts? Why do I need to share with you what's going on with me? That's too much. But God is so good. I'm so grateful he sent my hug. Oh, Lord, because I'm a mess, y'all. <laughs> they called me in our wives group. They called me a, a, you know, you a tough cookie. They called me a stale cookie. They were like, you're not a tough cookie. You a stale cookie. <laughs> But the Holy Spirit would come and that they would be intimate. This is the kingdom intimacy that we are charged to as virgins or soul virgins. We're charged to know God, be familiar with him, in close contact with him, to be closely acquainted. Then we will avoid those bad relationships. Y'all won't have a can't get right. You won't waste no time. You won't have unnecessary heartbreak because we're so wrapped up in him. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's easy. I'm not going to act like, you know, remaining pure and walking holy is easy. It gets lonely. Separation is hard. Because when you think about separation, it's not along with the pack. It's not going to be very well known. I was popular in school, but I was popular for another reason. I was popular because I prayed. I was like, that's not cool. I was popular because I went to church. They called me preacher lady. I was like, what? Ain't nobody going to want to date the preacher lady. Lord, it's funny to this day. But that separation and that hiddenness, that's when we have to press into God. Amen? So this call, so now what? How is your intimacy? How is your intimacy with others? How is your intimacy with God? Even if you're married, how is your intimacy with God? Because our spouse can't make us completely happy. I will tell you, they cannot make you completely happy. If you are broken in your single season, you're just going to be broken in your marriage season. And now you got to share the brokenness with somebody else. Y'all got a whole bunch of stuff to fix. We got, there was still brokenness inside of me when I got married. I'm like, Lord, now I got to walk with somebody with this. I'm like, just give me a few more minutes and we can fix some stuff and come back to marriage. But no, this is how it is, but praise God. So first, before we know any man or woman intimately, intimately, we should know him. Mary was summoned to live a life of intimacy with God that didn't make sense. Sometimes our callings don't make sense. Me being separated and called out to purity at 12, it didn't make sense to me. God has placed something inside of you. It may not make sense. God, why I got to go to church on Sundays? Why I got to live holy and the, the movies is telling me this? That's another thing. We got to be careful what we, we feed our spirit. I have a very sensitive, my husband loves bang, bang, shoot em ups. I call them bang, bang, shoot em ups. I hate movies that shoot and bang and monsters. Because it's too sensitive for me. And I was telling the kids at work this week, stop watching all that Disney channel that's showing y'all everybody dating. They in school trying to date, y'all. We had a whole hour meeting about these feelings they had for each other. And I was like, Lord, look at this. The week I got to talk about this, these six and seven-year-olds talking about feelings they have for each other. Y'all, literally, we had a girl. She told a boy she loved him. It was a FaceTime call at one night. This is kids, first, second graders. 
they, um, I, I was listening to the conversation. I don't get in all they mess because I'd be too tired, but I do listen. So I'm listening to them talk and stuff. And one of the boys that came and told me, he came in the cafeteria, Miss Chrissy, I need to talk to you. He's like seven. I said, I need to talk. why is it so deep? And I, he closed the door, I need to talk to you. She told me that she wants me to follow her around and she wants me to talk to her and only her. And I don't know what to do. I said, Lord, what is happening in this school? I bind the enemy. And I was like, wait a minute, I heard. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, I heard yesterday you told her you had a crush on her. I did, I did, I said that, I said that. But now I don't know what to do. I said, look at this kid. But what did God show me in that? We have feelings. Men and women, we're called to connect, even at a younger age. They're young, and they looking to connect. I'm not, but you ain't connecting up in here. And I saw we had a whole meeting. I had brought everybody together. I said, so tell me, what does it mean to like somebody? So they went through, you talk to them. You walk with them at recess. And I said, thank you, Jesus. They're pure. Oh, hallelujah. I'm like, because, woo, they could have went left. <laughs> but it was like, you talk to them, you got to sit by them. And one girl, so she, we had, y'all, we had entanglements. One girl came up. We, we have, we, I like to call it court because I'm a lawyer by trade. So we have court so that my kids know how to present a case and give me evidence. So they had all these accusations of who like who and this. So I said, let's, let's have court. So one girl came to the microphone. We do have a microphone. And she said, I'm tired. <laughs> I said, oh, God. So I'm bracing myself. I'm like, God, please don't make this trauma for me. I'm tired. I'm being used. I said, being used? I'm being used. And my mom was in there. She said, yes, Miss Pat, I'm used. I was like, Lord, what is this baby being used to do? And she said, I need to spend time with my other friends, but he wants me to follow him around. And I said, okay, okay, Ooh, good, it's just pure. But what did, that we have, to, we, we have innate feelings to connect, right? So this brings me to my next point. So there are three ways to live in God's sexual economy to foster an intimate lifestyle. So number one, we want to learn to relate and connect. Those kids have a desire to relate and connect. God's plan for single season, young or old, is to have deep intimacy, getting around godly friends that encourage purity and holiness and not push you into what isn't right. So I told them, when you hook, you got your friends, you need to tell your friends, we're here to study. The rule in our school is, no, you do not date till after college. They all know it. They recited the parents be cracking up. And I'm like, no, not till after college. Some of them may not go to college, I know that, but it's just to shift, give them a perspective. A lot of times media and other conversations they're having with kids is shaping them. But if you don't train up a child in the way they should go, if you don't instill into them these standards and purposes and make them understand what they carry, then they will go astray. Because somebody else will define who they are. Somebody else will define what they should do. And they'll be confused, right? So we, uh, we, have, we talk about these. So another thing in learning to relate and connect, you have to learn to be vulnerable. Learn to be seen and known by others. I told you what happens. I didn't, want, I didn't know how to be seen. I didn't be, know how to be known. And I'm not going to stay here and act like I'm perfect. I still don't know how to be seen and fully known. Amen? But practicing this with God in our single season and practicing this in godly community with mentors or people that can challenge you on a higher spiritual level than you are is helpful. I had mentors. God was so graceful for my life when I grew up. And this is another point for young people. Get mentors. 
You know, get people that can see the greatness inside. Every season of my life when it got difficult, God would give me a mentor. They would have the word of the Lord for that season. They will walk with me. They will pray for me. They will challenge me. They would give language to what I was facing and make me understand why God had me so hidden, why God had me so separated. Because it can get, you could be like Mary, you could be afraid. I'm like, is this going to be forever? I'm like, and then you hear them testimonies at them conferences. They be like, but what's the story in the Bible they always use? I think it's Sarah, y'all. Skip Sunday school, so let me know. Who's had the baby real late? It was Sarah, right? They be like, she had that baby. I'm like, God, I don't want to be a hundred. I'm like, that don't boost my faith. But having those mentors to help, you know, articulate and help me understand what was going on was helpful. Number two, a way to live in um, purity is avoid meeting non-erotic needs erotically. So you have to know where you are emotionally so that you can have language and go to God with your needs first, not man. If you are unhappy and unhealed in your single season, as we say, you'll be unhappy and unhealed in your married season. A lot of times what we see in the story with my kids, they have needs. Man's, Maslow's hierarchy of needs says that every human being has a basic need. One is to be loved and to belong. We need love, right? Parents, you got to love on your kids. You know, you have to tell them that they're beautiful. Tell them that they're great. Tell them that they're worthy because they're seeking it out. What we saw with those kids, they're seeking it out. They're, there's a gap somewhere where they're not hearing those things. So they're at school talking about he loved me. One little girl told me that, now he did not like her, y'all. I'd be petty too. I'm like, he don't want you, girl. And they be laughing. And my kids, they so tough because I'm, I'm extra. I'm like, he don't. He just want to be your friend. But she was trying to fill that gap, fill that need. Because I do know her story. And I do know her. You know, we had one little girl broke my heart. Her cousin goes to the school. And he told her that he didn't want to play with her and they family. And she came to me crying. They brought me to the teachers, brought, me, brought her to me. And she was sobbing. The Holy Spirit told me to wait. Because I was usually, I'm like, girl, get some tissue going. We got to do this, got to do that. But she was sobbing. She had a deep soul cry. And I paused. I said, this ain't something's different about this cry. So she couldn't breathe. She's like, they told me to get away. And I said, oh, my God. Oh, I can cry now. I said, oh, my God. I said, what is happening? So the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. He said, this is because she doesn't, she had conversations a couple months ago at lunch telling the kids, I don't know who my mama is. I'm trying to figure out if it's her or her or her because she's hopped around and different people are taking care of her. So God brought that conversation back to my remembrance, and I saw her cry with a deep wail. And I said, this baby is broken. I said, she's rejected. She's hurting. And when he told her to go play with somebody else, that triggered her. Something happened inside her soul and told her that she wasn't loved, that she wasn't worthy. And I love this kid, but she works my nerve. Y'all, I be teaching a homegirl. She be doing, if y'all ever, she be dancing. She could dance. She be like, I be like, make an inference. I be like, this is this, this is this. What's, you know, 25 divided by 5. 25 divided by 5. I be like, oh, will you be stale. And God has to, I literally have to wake up like, God, help me love her. Help me love her the way you want me to love her because she vexes me. But God, in that moment when he showed me that, she cried and she cried and I hugged her and I felt, I felt her soul break, right? But that's what the enemy that he, that he feeds on. He sends us people knowing that we have this need to be accepted. And this is just not for kids. This is some of you adults. You have the need to be rubbed on. You have the need, somebody give me a hug. Go get you a massage. 
Go hug the church mother. She can got a hug. Come to the altar. Let them hug and pray. A holy hug. Praise God. But sometimes we're meeting those erotic needs, not those erotic needs not, uh, wrong, right? We have a need to be accepted. We are not surrounded by people that see what God has placed inside of us. So the enemy sends people that are, you know, feeding upon those broken areas. You might be like the little girl. You might have a spirit of rejection, a hurt soul. You might be dejected, not understanding who God is, not understanding what he thinks about you. So you seek out people that define you any kind of way. You might be a high schooler. You might be dating and looking for somebody to say that you're smart, that you're beautiful, that you're not ugly, that you are accepted. And you don't know that you need to hear those things from your mom and dad. And you don't know how to articulate those things. So you let humbug in the locker room say these things in your ear. You go to that party. You do those things because you want somebody to connect with. But God says he wants you. He wants to fill those broken spaces. You might be married feeling like rejected unseen, unheard, not knowing how to tell your spouse. I'll have moments, I don't know how to tell him nothing. I'm like, Lord, I got to talk. I'll be after the counseling session. She'll be like, okay, let's debrief. I'm like, oh, God, we just talked for an hour. Now I got to debrief, right? But we, uh, we have to learn how to connect. So using erotic behaviors to meet non-erotic needs is like putting out a birthday candle with a fire extinguisher. It's too much. So you have to know your soul needs. You have to get in touch. You may need therapy to understand where you're at. Amen. Properly, last but not least, you need to properly value your virginity. And the music people could come on because y'all know I will not go long. Praise him. Properly value your virginity. You are called. You are separated. You are hidden for a purpose. You have to see the value in yourself in order to walk in the purity and wholeness that God has ordained for you as a soul virgin. You are favored, you are valued, you're hidden and separated, but you have to see it. If you are living a life and you are confused about who you are, confused about what God has placed inside of you, you will be easily detoured. You have to know how the enemy is going to fight your purpose. The enemy fights my purpose with pride. The enemy fights my purpose with isolation. The enemy fights my purpose with anxiety and low self-esteem and depression. I understand that, but it took years of walking with God intimately to know that. If we don't walk with him intimately, he can't protect us. That's why we're hidden. When you have a treasure, you have, if you have a million dollars, are you going to walk outside with it like this? No, you're going to hide that money. Hopefully invest it, but you're going to hide it. You're going to protect it. And that's what God is protecting a lot of young people in this season. I believe that God is really bringing back that purity movement, bringing back a movement where people say, I am standing on my faith. I'm not ashamed to say that I'm pure. One thing about me, I wasn't ashamed. And that first day, I would say, I am a virgin. Yes, hello, my name is Crystal, I'm a virgin. You're not going to get nothing over here. Store is closed. Now what are you going to do? Some of them ran. I ain't going to lie. A lot of people did run. They were like, ugh, that's not going to work for me. And I'm like, ah. They be like, well, what are you willing to do? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> and then so I was like, ah. And years would go by, and I'm like, okay, okay. I was like, maybe I should kind of bend my rules a little bit. And God would shut it down. I would go on a date. Y'all, this is one, one more true story. I went on a date with a guy, and this is in a season I was really struggling. Because I think I was like late 20s, and I was like, God, what are you doing? Why am I still single? 
So I was living in the city, and I went on this date, and he he had he was a he was in, I have a, had a thing for engineers. He's an engineer too, and he was <laughs> he was really smart. And he brought me flowers, and he was saying he was having great conversation. I like to be intellectually stimulated. He was great conversation, and I was I'm going on a date with him. He might be it. I knew he wasn't saved, but I said I'm gonna go. I can get him saved. I said I can do it. I have walked intimately with God long enough that he's going to become intimate to praise him. And we went on a date, y'all. And again, there goes the Holy Spirit. I was like, something's not right. He not like can't get right. We went to Dave and Buster's, and I'm pretty competitive. My husband will tell you I am competitive. We were competing yesterday, and <laughs> I love to compete. And I was winning all the games against him. I was winning basketball. I'm winning. He's like, I'm going to take you over here and play this game. He was getting angry, physically angry. I said, what is wrong with this man? As the night progressed, he began to talk to himself. Y'all, I'm standing in church. I cannot lie. We went for, my parents, I don't even know if they knew this one. We went, I only went on one date with him. We went to a restaurant. We got in the Uber, and the Holy Spirit said, you shouldn't do this. And I was like, God, but you, I'm favored. You're going to cover me. <laughs> Y'all, don't press the envelope. I, I'm, I stand as a tech. God is so gracious. In my ignorance, he covered me. We in the car, he said, she's going to marry me. I said, huh? I didn't say nothing. I was like, huh? Oh, she's so beautiful. I'm getting scared. I'm on the door of the Uber like, what did I sign up to do? And he started talking to himself. Oh, God, how do I do it for her? No, we're not going to say that. We said, what legion is this? Y'all, I cannot make this up. I got home. We got to the car. He kept talking to himself until we got to the car. Y'all know, y'all know I was trying to get married. <laughs> I'm going out with fools. We got to the car, and now I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm texting my cousin. They lived in the city, and I was like, girl, I need you to meet me at the car. He knows what my car looks like. He's talking to himself. I don't know what to do. So then we get to the car, he's trying to kiss me. So I square up, I box. So I square up, and I'm standing there, I said, no. So now I'm standing in righteous indignation. Now I'm, I'm holy, I'm, I'm not kissing you. Now I remember who I am. But I'm standing there, and I was like, I'm not kissing you. And so I'm about to punch him. He leaned in, I said, and he said, you gonna hit me? I said, I sure am. Thank God I got out of that situation. He called and he stalked me for a while. And I was praying. I said, God, forgive me. I said, God, forgive I knew not what I was doing. I was in a season of fear and brokenness and anxiety and depression. I had lost my job. I was looking for what was next. I'm like, I ain't no lawyer no more, God. What am I supposed to be doing? I've lost focus. I've lost my devotion. I didn't know what was left and right. So I was, be I was ready to settle. I was like, God, you don't want me no more. You don't love me no more. I began to disqualify myself. I said, you got me out here. I done obeyed your word. I done stayed pure and holy. You got me losing my job. You said I could have anything. I'm calling my mama for $20. My, who? thank you, mama. I'm like, man, I got to eat. I got this expensive apartment. What am I going to do? And I was like, I stayed holy. I was separated. I was trying to press, but God had a promise. God knew what he placed inside me. He said, if you can just hold on, 
He spoke to me as I slept at my cousin's house that night because he knew where I lived. I was a fool. I was scared. I said, God, if you get me out of this, I will serve you. I will. God, I was like, don't let nobody else talk to themselves because that was scary. But Mary, too, was she was a virgin. She was afraid and in disbelief for what she carried. I didn't believe it what I carried. I began to say, you know what, maybe not. She didn't have intimacy with the man in the natural sense, but God showered her with his economy. He overshadowed her. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do with you. If you are in your season of way and you are being discouraged, you're like, God, is this going to happen? I'm standing in a promise. I'm standing in a promise that God will favor my life. There have been situations where I didn't know what was going to happen with my business. Y'all, when I tell you my life was, I can do a movie. There have been things God would come in and work miracles, and I know it's because of that vow at 12 years old. And he's so merciful. We have our seasons where we get off. We're not, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But he loves us anyway. That's how good of a father he is. He favored my life. He supplied me. Those seasons I didn't have a job, I, I, was, I always had my bills paid. My mama may have paid some of them, but they were paid. I didn't go, y'all, that's a miracle. I didn't go hungry. He supplied with jobs. I'm standing in a promise now with the school that I own. I am still a lawyer. I am still kept. God has still favored my life. He sent me a man that I needed even though I was ignorant. Even though I didn't believe fully what I preach today. I believe it now. But there were seasons when I was lost and I didn't know. But God favored me. If you dedicate this single season, if you dedicate your journey and say, God, I'm going to give you a year. I'm going to press in. I'm going to listen to your word. I'm going to get in community. I'm going to get mentors. I'm going to get friends that speak your language. I'm not going to do this with him no more. You can start today. You may have shacked up last night. Y'all scared of that truth. But God is a redeemer. And he's so merciful because the Bible says he remembers it no more. You sitting here beating yourself up about what you did and what you said and what you tried. But God, if you repented and turned away, it says he remembers it no more. And you are completely loved. He sees you the way he's seen you when he made you in his, your mother's womb. And that's for young, old, season, non-season. So today, I want to encourage every single person. Every young person, you may, your vow may not look like mine. Your story may not look like mine. And that's okay. But I stand here today saying purity is possible. You can marry a virgin. My brothers were pure. You can set that standard for your family for generations to come. And if you would like to make this vow, if you want to stand in purity, Young or old, if you want to give God some time, if you want to say, God, this is what I want to do, I believe what you say about me, I want you to stand. No pressure. No pressure. You might be a teenager about to go off to college. You might be uh, 30, 20, 40, 50, but if you say, God, I want to be pure, I want to make a vow and say, I am going to submit this season to you. I want you to take my, I want to understand the favor that you placed on my life. 
We thank you for staying. I have a card. This is what I want to encourage every person that's going to make the vow. You don't have to stand. I believe some people are in their seats and making that vow. I want you to get something, get a ring. They call it purity ring. I know those are probably old school. I have mine. I wear it on a necklace now. Get something, a token that you are going to say, you know what, God, this is what I'm going to hold on to. Some days when I was single, I would hold this ring. I'm like, God, you promised. You promised to give me my heart's desire. You have to put him in remembrance of his word. I said, you called me favored. You said if I remain hidden and separated and holy for your use, that you would supply all my needs, that there will be nothing that I ask that you don't supply. And I had to put him in remembrance. Get something. Write yourself a letter. And I want you to commit this season to God. Say, I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to run from those relationships that don't do me no good. I'm going to pray. Can we all just stand? And then I'm going to give it back to pastor so he can do his thing because this is not my element. God, we thank you. We thank you for the word that you have given today. We thank you for the hearts and minds of your people. God, you know what is in this room. You know every person that is struggling in their weight. You know every heart that is broken that needs to be healed and delivered. You know the broken places that cause us to detour or be distracted. God, we ask you today that you would heal those places in our hearts. You know every, even uh, married people that may be lonely, lacking the intimacy with you, lacking the intimacy with their partner. We ask that you go into those broken places and heal today. We thank you, oh God, that the single people, the young people that are waiting, the young people and the single people have, that are dedicating their walks to you, I pray, oh God, that there will be nothing you withhold from them. I ask, oh God, that every education be funded. I thank you, oh God, that every dream shall be funded. I thank you, oh God, that every destiny and every purpose that you have established, even before they was in their mother's womb, oh God, shall come to pass. We come against every ungodly relationship. We break every tie with the enemy, even word curses that have been spoken over their lives, saying that they shall not amount to anything, saying that you don't love them, saying that they are not seen and they are not heard and they are not loved by you. We break the power of the enemy over their minds now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that overshadowed Mary shall overshadow them. We thank you for your love that overshadows, that heals even those relationships that may have broken them and shook them to their core, that causes them, oh God, to settle when they know they should not settle. Show them the promise, God. Show them what you have for them. Give them an experience with you that will make them be able to stand in faith, God. And God, we thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you for being part of today's episode. To stay connected, please visit us at PurposeCityChurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Your support means the world to us. As you go about your day, remember to make a meaningful difference in the world. Thanks for listening.